0: To you from podcast Detroit it's heard your food beverage and hospitality podcast please take a second to subscribe on iTunes and for future episode information and additional content head over to heardpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at heard podcast <laughs> Welcome to H.E.R.D., your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to H.E.R.D. through the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, SoundCloud, or however you get your podcasts. If you want to go one step further, write a review and let us know what you think. I'm Joe Hakeem. Tonight, I'm joined by Nick. Lobster Roll. Jason. Lobster. And the current president of the Greater Detroit Chapter of the United States Bartender Guild, Lizzie Huxtable.
1: My name's actually Liz Cosby, but Liz Cosby. on Facebook you go by Lizzie Huxtable. I didn't know that. I'm the worst. It's okay. I'm the worst people call me Lobster Mama too. Lobster Mama. <laughs>
0: I'm terrible. Lobster guys, lobster rolls. Lobster. Um, I went to Mudgies earlier and uh, that picked was up brave. a couple lobster rolls. Did you um, tailgate? I didn't. I didn't have to wait in line. It was. Uh, I went at four o'clock. There was no line. There was uh, waiting. A waiting list that I was asked if I was on. And I said I wasn't. I just wanted to carry out, and they let me inside. And twenty minutes later, I had two lobster rolls uh, in my hand.
2: And Good cheers work. to uh, cheers to Michael, who actually said, "Hey, whoever wants in the industry, who wants to text me their order, he'll like build them, put them off to the side, and I'm assuming you still have to pay for them."
1: Yeah, you definitely still have okay. to pay for him.
2: Y- yeah, yeah. There's no, not even a. There's not a discount or anything. No.
0: But
1: that's cool because it's, it's a chaotic a nice, event. Yeah, yes,
2: because we had Greg on. And he mentioned how insane it was, how he's, what, flying lobster in daily for this chaos.
0: Six or seven cases this morning, it looked like. Yeah, Um, he
1: was in last night, and he said his order for Monday was 200 pounds, and they ran out. So today's order is 200 pounds. And then starting Wednesday, they're going to up it to 250, and through the weekend, it's even more. So they did 900 lobster rolls on Monday, and by the end of the week, they'll be able to do 1,500 a day.
0: Wow! And consider those are twenty dollars, twenty dollars and fifty cents a piece. That, that,
3: 50
0: Yeah, he said that
2: this finances like half a year for him, doesn't it? Like it was like it, some
0: it, months. Yeah, yeah. Cu- at least a few months. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible.
3: Well, control. Uh, I saw him at Oz Johns before I came in here, and he said he had got there at ten twenty. Didn't really have a problem, but by eleven he was still there eating, and it was like around the corner of the wow. block. So by eleven a.m. this morning.
1: Well, I think the the important thing is is that unlike last year, they've upped their order mm-hmm. and they're prepared to have everybody come through. Sure. So make a day of it, have fun. We just had them; they're delightful. Yeah. I know. I now know the secret because I was asking Greg last night what what exactly is the secret of this lobster roll? Why is everyone going bananas for it? And he was like, you know, they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, well, you know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check it out myself and see, you know. What kind of magic drugs you have in it? Whatever they are, they're delicious. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there, there you got it.
0: All right, so that, laps rolls out of the way. <laughs> uh, Check tales of the cocktail. Heard so
2: of it. many things. <laughs> um, Nick All the and feels Lizzie, you were both there. Uh, tales virgins. Do you get your pen? Which one? The little pen that said tales virgin.
1: No, I don't like people to know I'm a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jason went,
0: you went last year? She's
3: very protective of her brain. Yes. Um. <laughs> and Jason went last year? Yeah.
0: I haven't been, so I'm going to kind of uh, talk talk about this as an outsider. Sure. Um,
2: so, Nick, what was your experience like? So I, for my job, I go to these trade shows where we go and meet with clients and talk about deals and things like that. So the way I scheduled my tales was like a meeting every hour on the hour. So be that a class, be that an event, be that whatever what initially I thought was too much actually seemed to go pretty quick. So I would, have, I would have an interview, I would chat with them, I'd be in, be out, be good. So I ended up having like some nice free time in between to go explore and wander around and I felt like my time, while definitely filled, was used very efficiently. Um, and probably the worst part of it was kind of the, the late night events because they're just kind of like wander around, drink, look at things. That was my least favorite part. I'm not a big partier. I'd much rather sit down, be like in, educated on something. As opposed to just kind of, you know, watch Snoop Dogg rap at me.
3: the other But there's a lot of people out at those events. I mean, you're still talking. It's a little bit more informal. You don't have something scheduled, but you're running into people, you know, at bars and um, different brands. And, I mean, one random experience at the old Absinthe House, uh, I ordered a Hennessy. And there was, like, a woman next to me who was like, oh, I work for a firm in New York City on Madison Avenue that – hennessy's my client i got a number she sent me a care package nice once i got home like the actual the whatever year it was last year i think it was the ryan mcginnis uh hennessy art bottle with some other cool stuff and i was like totally just from standing next to somebody drinking at a bar uh drinking hennessy um so yeah i was a huge fan
2: any good random uh connections
1: I am going to bring up the unpopular opinion here, and I think that if you want to network, Tails is wildly overrated. Mm -hmm. All of the brand people are busy. Anyone who is going to take the time to sit down and has the time to sit down and talk with you has scheduled it with someone from the press. Mm -hmm. As far as – which is that's your job,
3: Nick? I, for Nick, as a press person, and I sent them weird, all. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, you laid it up ahead of time, right. so you knew what was going on, and you knew that you they had scheduled time for you. Right. Um, you know, I, even the brand, like the big brand people that I know that I saw, it was like, oh hi hi, I gotta go, bye. And it was that way for everybody. Um, as far as bartenders go, I was wildly disappointed with. Uh, the amount of networking bartender to bartender. Um, And I, I personally don't think that tails is conducive to learning or networking. It is about drinking. And I know that's unpopular and I know I'm going to get a ton of feed, ton of blowback for saying it, but that is my experience is that it's all about brands shoving their spirits literally down your face and getting as much of that as possible And then, like, it's business cards, and it's all about the follow up. Yeah. And anyone's business, you, you, you—that's what it was in the moment. It was a business card trade off, and in your case, she followed up. Yeah. You know, but if you don't go through with the follow up, those connections are not there.
3: And to be fair, I don't know if I was necessary. I mean, yeah, I don't know if that was necessarily a business opportunity. It was a cool thing that happened, you know. But um, I. Went to of the Cocktail because I was competing in the Broker's Gin competition. So that was cool for me because they paid my way and I wouldn't have gone otherwise. So for the first couple of days, I was kind of like trying to be a little bit chill because the competition was on a Friday oh. afternoon at the Hotel Monteleone. So I wanted to, you know, obviously be in the best shape possible. But um, one of the best things, I, I had one of the best brand experiences that I've ever had uh at the night jar pop up that we went to, which was uh one of the points that was brought up in the in the in the article. I don't remember if we referenced it already or not. But yeah, we no, haven't we talked didn't. about it yet. Okay. No. Yeah.
0: That was on uh Vinepair yeah.
3: on Vinepair,
2: right?
3: Yep. Vinepair, Brian Brian Brian. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: J-E-H. Oh, uh, but it certainly
3: yeah. does uh, uh you know offer if we're not looking at it through the lens of oh I've gotta get these you know, uh, connections or networking, but looking at it as like, I'm going to go to this really cool, uh, festival. Well, it is it's like a festival a atmosphere it's a festival. to go to a festival. And then, you know, for brands that can execute on that, you know, effectively, it really does make a difference because I left there, you know, having my mind blown by Nightjar, and it was like not heavily promoted. Everybody was actually at the Bacardi big Bacardi party that night. Somehow like word got around, and, like, even Dave K. had uh, took us hours and hours to figure out somebody that could tell us where it was actually at. Like, mm-hmm. we heard of it, but to actually figure out where to, you know, go there. And they're like, were you on the list? And we're like, no. And they're like, come back in 45 minutes. We're going to work it out for you. And then it's like small, intimate setting, less than 30 people. And, like, to have these amazing bartenders from one of the best bars in the world in, in London that I've been watching YouTube videos of. And, and, like, they're right in front of you doing the work. and you know and the, and they give us i mean we had eight people with us and they gave you a deck of cards we all we had all of their drinks and a punch and then you know when it came time to leave they're just like oh no you're also your bill's in care and you're like wow that was crazy
1: i mean i'm not going to say i had some incredible experiences i'm not saying that this was not not what when it was incredible it was incredible mm-hmm. however i guess fundamentally it's promoted as an education resource and as a networking resource And in my position with the Bartenders Guild, I've had a lot of opportunities to Mm. um, do Lush Life events, to do USBG events, uh, to do other stuff. And you get so much more out of it because while it is packed, it's a smaller group. It's more intimate. Your time is completely scheduled, just like tails, but it's not as overwhelming. And I think the amount of stuff to do pulls people apart because, as you said, 5,000 people were at the Bacardi party. 30 of you were at the night jar. So 30 of you had one experience where 5,000 people had another. And had you guys not been industrious enough to get yourselves on the list, it never would have happened for yeah. you, you know? Um, and I think that that sort of the I think that's sort of the common experience is if you're not connected, if you are not sort of a already have like a privileged bartender's life of knowing people and being able to get into these things and knowing about them, your experience is going to be mm-hmm. whatever's fed to you. Sure. And um, I think that's something to look at. And honestly, I think the people who get the most out of it are these second tier sort of distilleries, the St. George's of the world, the fuse of the world, the two James of the world where they can afford to show up. They can afford to treat people well, but not necessarily be an official promoter. Cause I I left. It's a little bit like Vegas, where you leave and you're like, "This is where all of the Earth's resources go to die." <laughs> like this is this is you know just like you kind of feel you've got like a shame over. You're like, "I'm part of the problem." Like, <laughs> not one of these things was recycled. They just spent fifty million dollars and like, you know, there's still starving people. Like it just it it and it's very similar to like a weekend in Vegas. You're just yeah. tired. You're exhausted. You're hot, and you're like, "What did I do with my life?" You know. Um, this and, is the
0: weekend in New Orleans, though. I mean, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> but when you
1: look at the amount of money that these huge brands are putting into so one event, yeah. it's like taking every wedding ever ever on a Saturday, which we can all agree is pretty effing wasteful, and putting it in one building. Mm. You know what I mean? And that can get and and I wonder like what is the return on investment. I'm not I'm in this case I'm not gonna call any brands out, but there were some brands whose parties I went to that were phenomenal that they went above and beyond. I had a great experience. I will never carry their brand because it doesn't fit in my concept. Mm-hmm. And fundamentally, I may never carry their brand anyway in any concept I work in. So your ten yeah. million dollars. Even the
3: night jar just to throw in there is that Jin Mare or whatever I think Jin Mayor Jamari. Isn't even available, available in Michigan. In, right, exactly. So I really
1: loved them for, <laughs>
3: you know, providing that experience for me.
1: Couldn't even. Couldn't give them, couldn't yeah. throw them a bone to save yeah. your life. And that's sort of the thing. And so, you know, I wonder who these parties are really for and what they're really getting out of it. And I think, as in a lot of things in our world, but my experience was a lot of this is for the Instagram follows, it's for the social media hits, uh-huh. it's yeah. for that stuff. And how does that actually going to relate in sales? How is that actually sure. going to place your bottles? In some ways, very locally, very micro, it makes sense. But out of the 5,000 people who went to a three-day party by a brand that is a very niche product, how many of them are going to buy it?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So to, to refer to the article again, it's called Has Cocktails, Tales of the Cocktails, Tales of the Cocktail Grown Too Big to matter. It's by Dr- Brad Jaffe. Um on VinePair.com. Um, and so he mentions this. So Snoop Dogg was there. Um, that's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he was, uh, he, was, he there. was the
2: headliner for
1: the Diageo party Diageo. on Friday. Yep. Okay. So but he wasn't the only one. There was also Diplo and Major Lazer were at the Bacardi party um, on the same night. No, this okay. was Thursday night. Okay. And then Jameson. Didn't they have somebody too?
2: Yep. And then, uh, who had Grandmaster Funky Flash?
1: Oh. Grandmaster Flash. Grandmaster Grandmaster Flash
2: Flash and the Furious Furious fight. Sure.
1: Um, But they (laughs) (laughs) You should see the look. I just gave him next for that. (laughs) Your press pass is Um, definitely revoked. Yeah, your press pass is revoked (laughs) for that. Um, It was like Grand Marnier, I think, or someone. It was like not even... It wasn't even like a giant, giant brand. It was someone that is like a big brand by Mm -hmm. no means, but not like it wasn't an Absolute or a Jameson, you know? Jaeger. It was Jaeger. Jaeger, that's exactly.
0: How many people attended these... Like these blowout like how many people were at Snoop Dogg roughly do you have any idea I mean
2: they filled that thing and it was I waited in line for two hours for it I mean the capacity was hit whatever that crazy warehouse is it was a free show right Mm -hmm. everything Um, everything was free everything was free
1: well free to us
2: Free to attendees of
0: free
1: the, to us, not free. I mean, oh, those sponsors are paying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Millions oh, of right, dollars. Right, 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 so those, right. That was yeah. But question, to people right? coming, though. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: not like there was a ticket because. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the wristband, though,
3: you have to have the wristband. True. Good no, part.
1: you do not have to have the wristband. Oh, you have no. to have an invite from uh, the brand, which is what I'm saying is if you're already it. not a connected bartender, buying your tails band didn't make a difference. What's a,
0: what is a wristband? What is it?
1: Wristbands are what you get to be an official Tails attendee, which okay. all you get is you pay for your classes. Okay. So for $150 minimum, you get a wristband of Tails, and that allows you to go to Tastings. their tasting yeah. rooms and the classes that you paid for, okay. and maybe, oh, Toast of Tails, yep. and there's some like award ceremonies you're allowed to go for, to. But all of these dope parties that are wild that they've spent millions of dollars on, are sanctioned by tails but your wristband doesn't mean you're in. You have to have RSVP'd through a flyer that you got sent right. to you by a rep.
3: Yeah. So it's another So for you to just show up to give away. And
1: say I spent my 150 bucks, but I don't know anyone here. I don't know anything about anything. You're not in, you're not invited to any of those parties. So your 150 didn't get you into any it didn't get you to see yeah. Dog, didn't get you to Grandmaster Flash.
0: So th- there's like a like a like a air of exclusivity that that's there too. Even so, within, even yeah.
1: within, the, already getting there get of it, the
2: you know ten thousand. You're, you're paying to 20, get ten thousand to yep. get there, but,
0: but you have to also like find the right like the cool. You got to know the right to, people, 100%. and then there's
2: small teeny things like kind of the nightjar stuff that's even more exclusive. Yeah, so, and then there's one-on-one tastings that are even more, more exclusive. exclusive.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so here's my question, right? So you have this Snoop Dogg thing, which is cool, mm-hmm. and Major laser Diplo, um, but you're not getting like the kind of cocktail experience that you're getting. No, you're getting at, like you're, a the batch night cocktail. Jar. Yeah. And so what, 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 what is the return on investment on a Snoop Dogg show?
1: I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I can tell you the thing that I, the thing that myself and a lot of our members who went to it from Detroit, the one event that we got more out of than anything else was held by Duce cognac. Hmm. And they had ninth wonder who's a producer come in and remix a song and they did three different sessions and it was a two part session. You went in and you made a cocktail and you remixed a classic and they gave you all the stuff and you got to make a drink. You got to get a video of yourself making the drink. Um, And then you went upstairs and ninth wonder remixed a song and I've given them so many shout outs to their company. But a lot of times you get people who have no business talking to humans in charge of, like, these (laughs) panels and stuff like that. And they totally missed the mark. Ninth Wonder crushed it so hard. He did the entire, like, loopback tie into why remixing a song and making a cocktail have so much similarity. You know, you start with one piece of a song that you want to hear, and you take the best piece of a song, and you love it, and you create, you add other bits of songs, and you add other bits of, you know, words, whatever, I don't do music, whatever you do, you, you add that to create something new. Right. And he was like, it's not any different than your job. You've got an ingredient and you've got an end goal in mind. He's like, and what do you do? You take all these little bits of other things and you put them together to create a cocktail. And all of us in the room were just like immediately like mic drop. You just won tails. Like that is what a brand is looking for to draw something that is not cocktail to cocktail. And now Everyone in that room is like, "Do say, do say, cognac." Like everyone's going to support Which it. Which is
3: an amazing feat. Because because it's whatever. It's not Hennessy.
1: I mean, <laughs> and, while it may this not podcast be Hennessy, is not brought to you by Hennessy. <laughs> while it may not be Hennessy, I'm working is, on it, guys. <laughs> Well, until this is a Hennessy sponsored podcast, go, Ducey. No, yeah. but I'm just saying, like that's ultimately, you know, being a chapter president for the USBG. That is one thing that I do every week is try to figure out creative ways to teach people professional development in their career, but also not the same thing over and over again. And Ducey and Bacardi crushed it with that. They did, and Ninth Wonder crushed it. He could have shown up and just been like, "Man, this is what you do." Meh, 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 and like <laughs> dipped out. And instead he, he actively made you tie between your job and his job and how it's not that different. And that is that is the goal.
0: Hmm. And how many how many people like did they see?
1: Did they touch? Yeah. In my session there would have been like 60.
2: 60.
1: Okay. So there are three sessions, so let's say all of them are full.
2: Nothing. Like no, well, I mean, maybe one percent of tails.
1: Yeah, but it's one percent of tails.
0: Well, I mean, that's a big deal, right? So, I mean, it's a it's, it's not a big deal on the one hand because of you know no, Snoop no, no, Dogg, no, no. but on the other hand, right? It's but like,
2: think of the experience. There's so right. much more takeaway from that.
0: Yeah,
1: but it's so, also this is a return it, yeah, this is, the return on investment thing. That's the return on investment. Like I'm do say loyal now because. Uh, d- don't get me wrong. Yeah, Hennessy is still my dog too. But I, I you until know. Cat
3: Williams says he'll take Ducey as a backup, then <laughs> I'm, <not. laughs> I'm gonna stick with the red right <laughs> man. But no, that's no, I get it. But that's, I mean,
1: but that's the goal. The goal of, is that tieback. Yeah, but I mean,
3: we all know in marketing in general, which is undergoing such rapid pace change and everybody wants to do experiential marketing brands want that it's not that easy to execute as everybody thinks so not just in the food and beverage scene but all around you know who can execute on that promise of experiential marketing are the people that are going to set themselves aside but people have to try so well um, I, mean, I mean the night jar was totally i i get it i mean we yeah, left that's there the same thing. I, like you guys control we were sitting there and it's just like 40 minutes of I just couldn't talk. I was just enthralled by watching these people work and then the whole experience. And I think the first thing I thought was, like, dude, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, that was the first thing I could say. (laughs) Like, what just (laughs) happened? Yeah, that was great. Like, what uh, literally
1: just happened to my life? My whole life is different. Yeah,
3: that was great. And that's
1: what you're going for, you know? And I don't know. It
3: was so great that, like, the next day, that was Thursday night. And so on Friday morning, I was doing the brokers thing. And so brokers uh, is an English uh, gin. They're, uh, I don't know if he's the president, Andy... Uh, he wears the top the hat. hat. Yeah, He's their
1: global brand. Yeah, ambassador.
3: he's whatever. But but he's in London, so we're having brunch and he, everybody else is talking about the competition. I'm just like, you live in London. Have you ever been to Nightjar? And he's like, no. And I'm like, man, I'm like, You gotta go. You, yeah, and he's just like, I don't really want to hear about Nightjar. I'm like, but that's all I can think about as right. I'm getting ready for this competition. Yeah. It was great though, yeah.
1: Well, and that's sort of, I think of it also like, first of all, say crushed it, Bacardi crushed it, but a lot of times, you know, brands will hire speakers that just aren't – they don't ever follow through with that circle back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ninth Wonder just happens to be really good at that, and they happen to get a good person to do it. They, that could have just as easily been a nothing seminar, you know. And Ninth Wonder is the one who, eventually, who, who took it upon himself to make sure to circle back and tie it in with us. Yeah. And I think that's something – from a brand perspective, offering these ex- experiential marketing things, you need to find the right person who's going to guaranteed follow up and circle back right. and touch base and make it what you want versus just hiring anyone to like talk about their thing.
2: And to defend salespeople, that really is the goal of salespeople: is it's not just that meeting; it's the follow up. It's follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. Mm-hmm. So if you've hired good salespeople, the hope is they will do that. Um, what did you take any seminars, any classes?
1: I did. Um I was not excited about seminars this year. I When
2: did you book them? Because the, if you don't get the there, day of the day they came out. The day out. they came out. Wow, so you had you had your pick of the litter.
1: I did not have my pick of the litter because some of the baddest ones went Oh. To Tales three sixty five, uh, which I'm also a member of. Oh, but yeah, like there's so even what's, in what's
0: that? What's tails? three? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> so even in
1: like the buying tickets for tails, there is the elitist and the non elitist, and so there's like the GP general general public, and then there's like people who have signed up for Tales three sixty five. All that means is you subscribe to a specific email, right? Okay. But if you didn't know to do that, then you didn't have presale options. Things like the chartreuse tasting sold out in the first two minutes of the Tales 365 release.
2: Chaz got in it, right?
1: Chaz was in it, okay. yeah. Um, and things like the – there was a couple of rum ones that were that way. I thought that the descriptions were wildly boring and completely unaccessible, and I was like not excited about any of the classes. Also, some of the people that I've talked to after the classes they attended – we like actually really informative and really cool, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I had a really hard time even getting to classes because there is so much other stuff going on. Yeah. And again, when you've got brand people sending you all these flyers, they expect you to go to their things. And the fact of the matter is, is that there's so much to do that they've made it not conducive to doing the education. Like there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be like branded events during the education time. There's one way to completely take that out. And now you've got eight hours focused to education mm-hmm. and nothing else is going on, uh, right?
0: Oh, okay, so I, I need to I need to like step back a second. Okay. Tails <laughs> Tails is what then? Primarily. It's it, not education. It's I, I thought it was like a conference. It's and that. Is that well, I guess we're kind loose, of talking the loosest, about the evolution in the yeah. loosest yeah.
1: in the loosest form. Yeah. Tails so was started fifteen years ago uh-huh. to Reignite New Orleans during the slow season to keep bartenders in jobs during the hottest,
2: drippiest, sweatiest time of the year. 100 degrees, 100 percent humidity, 100 percent alcohol. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Garbage weather. Yeah. 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 Turns out, not a southern ball, not happening. <laughs> yeah. I, I could not get, I could not get back north fast enough to save my life.
3: The um, odor on Bourbon Street on a Saturday morning at six a.m. Oh, is there, it's oh, it's and uh, uh, shame. Yeah. <laughs> did you say did you say in no, shame. No, I said oh, bedouci. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding, Bacardi. we love you. <laughs> <laughs> so um no, so that's how it started. It was started to get people in town to keep bartenders in jobs and and then also teach bartending stuff and you know it was started as education and and networking and to promote New Orleans during its hottest time. Okay. Right. As with anything, including the overall industry we're in now. It has become about money and about sponsor dollars and about who's paying what and who's got – I, am I allowed to swear on this? Yes, yes. And yeah. who's got the biggest dick. So all these huge companies are like, well, you brought camels and sand to your party last year. This year, we're going to buy an airport. Next year, we're going to do this. You know, I mean, it's bananas. And so it's just everybody out dicking each other to see who can have the biggest party, who can make the most – like, experiential, mm-hmm. you know... Splash. thing. Yeah, splash, exactly. And now, because of that, what do liquor companies want you to do? Drink their product. That is the fucking point. They're not in business to save the world. They're in business to for you to buy their alcohol and drink their product. Once you switch to that sort of, what I would like to call the dirty side, where it's about the sponsors now, it's... There's so many more events... That revolve around drinking then there are classes to attend. Hundred
0: percent, and so so these like you said like so you you have a block of classes you can choose from,
2: but also yes and no. So I booked later, so I was waffling on the whole event.
0: But your press doesn't don't you get like preference no matter what? Hold on, no.
1: Well, this is
2: yes and no. Um, so I was waffling on the whole event. Okay, so when I. Applied for press. I got it. Okay. And I went to look at classes because I just assumed, you know, you buy all your classes. So I went in and like 80% were sold out. So I bought a couple that were left because I wanted to do something while I was there. When I got there, I found out you can basically wait in standby for anything.
1: Because most people buy classes just to get the wristband and don't go to the classes anymore. Yeah. Because there's so because that is not what it's about. I
3: didn't go to any classes the year that I went. But like I thoroughly Th- enjoyed sounds, all of my classes. This is like college. Like, kind of. Like, yeah. yeah. And okay. I liked my but college I did, classes too. <laughs> I wouldn't say I mean <laughs> certainly there was some education I mean I went to some, some cool apps and stuff. I mean I did learn some things outside of not going to the seminar but it certainly was <clears throat> mostly about the the party and the celebration and the brand experiences. Absolutely, and, you know.
2: So I did five classes. I did here's two enthusiasts, which talked about cultivating enthusiasts in your bar, which I thought was great, because basically it's saying like, hey, you need these geeky people like me that are get excited about your bar to help kind of get other people excited about your bar to come get them to buy your your crazy price drinks. So I thought that was neat. Uh, I did podcasting for bartenders. That was great. We knew a lot of the stuff, but it was still great. I did baijo. So I learned all about that crazy funky spirit. That was a lot of fun. I did all about Genevieve. That was so deep. That was, it was taught by the head of the education committee, Philip Duff. And he went so far into it. And he had all these distillers from Europe that were there talking about the product. So, I mean, that was great. And then I did early colonial cocktails, all these writers. So the thing with those last three is none of them were sponsored. They were all just so geeky and cool. Tails said, we want them in here. Whereas the other ones, some of the bigger ones, you get a sponsor, and so maybe the takeaway isn't quite quite there because you have that brand that's pushing for it. Theory. That's a theory. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess for me, I just don't think that they foster a learning environment. I think that's – at the end of the day, that's what it is.
0: You're, you're the, in New Orleans for God's sake. Like it's not a learning environment yeah. anyway. Right. Like, yeah. Which means
1: that you need, to, you need to actively make it a learning environment. Right. Yeah. And it's it becomes clear when you're not fostering a learning environment, when it's all just lip service – What it's really about is the party, is the celebration, and is, at the end of the day, the brands. Because who's footing the bill? Mm -hmm. The brands.
3: It's good for – I I think, I mean, for the – we're talking about Two James or some of the micro brands. And I know for uh, last week talking to some like of the foodie side of the like Instagram folk and people who obviously are aware of cocktail bars in Detroit but don't really – aren't really into the uh, cocktail culture – who have said to me like, wow, what, like, what is this thing? Like it's pierced their consciousness. Some from Instagram stories, seeing like Gregos, you know, maybe Roger from the Road. different people posting about their experience at what is now like an electric forest Mm -hmm. level (laughs) festival in terms of buzz. Like if it's piercing the consciousness of people who are really, really on the fringe or don't even have that, it, it seems like an effective way for two James to be able to, Get some, you know, seem relevant, you know, it's like relevance. Like, wow, two James is doing some really cool stuff in New Orleans representing Detroit. That's really cool.
1: Well, that also, to piggyback on that, that also is sort of a contentious thing in like the bartender community with Tails, with Lush Life, Love You, Love Lush Life, but I'm gonna throw you in with this. And even to a degree, like with the USBG, is oftentimes. People who are qualified but don't have a social media presence mm. don't get in these programs. What are you like? One of the biggest questions always asked: What's your Instagram? What's your Twitter handle? Yeah, yeah. What's your Facebook? Yep. And a-
0: asked asked for what? Asked You've, for
1: on the applications. Yeah. So like, really? there's uh-huh. yeah, a hundred percent to be a cat. Really? Yeah. Yep.
2: I. So, they yeah. want to know.
1: Like, Nick has a better chance than me, and I'm going to throw you well, a little bit under the so bus. So I was an
2: alternate for Caps.
1: Right. Yeah. But I was denied. Okay. I'm a working bartender. Right. You are not. That's so right. Who, <laughs> so who actually is going to – who Who should be, based on mm-hmm. just profession, who should be considered more than the other? Me, based on profession, 100% of the time. I, professionally, am going to get a lot more out of working with the crew from Tails than Nick, who's just a nerd and loves it, right? Right. <laughs> So, but when you look at his social media and you look at my social media, it's leaps and bounds. He wins. So when you look at the people who, and, you know, I've got some good friends who have been in the program and I'm not trying to say that they don't deserve it Mm -hmm. or work hard or anything like that. Because if you get in, you deserve it and you bust ass, period. I'm not saying that. But the minute you ask on an application for your social media handles... It's you're saying skewing yeah. you're skewing it. You're saying that this matters, yeah. And it's-
3: but I think, but it it, 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 you're saying that because it does, and I think this would be actually a great topic for another uh, podcast about how social media has affected bartending. Because, like, when I try to talk to the bartenders in our organization about looking at their competition submissions or how they approach it, I mean, like, like world class, for example. I mean, you look like a, a guy like John Carlo who does. In addition to being a hundred percent professional in the way he approaches his job, his yeah, bar program, bartender, yeah, yep. you know his cocktails, his uh, performances, but
1: he has thirty he, hashtags on everything. <laughs> well, he anyone. does a good yes. job of
3: documenting his 100%, journey, yeah. Um, you know, making sure that um, we talk about return on investment, and it's like brands are definitely looking for a return on their investment for in sure. That regard too. Uh, so it goes. But by if place, you don't but, want
1: to be a famous bartender, yeah. that doesn't mean you still don't want to learn. Right. Yeah.
3: Right. But if you're or any, be successful
1: or be successful, yeah, right. you know, I mean, and you, yeah, and that should be a choice. And yeah. so I guess what I'm saying is once you once you've brought those kind of questions in now to me, you're not looking at who's actually the most capable applicant and the most deserving applicant. Now you're looking at who's the most capable, who will also show yeah. everybody else how capable they are.
0: Yeah. Who, what else is on these applications? Like what?
1: A lot of them also want to know who you know, which is another dirty question. Yeah. It's a lot of times the a last... Reference,
0: a reference or... No, like oh. who do
1: you know who's participated in this program? Uh, I,
2: did you have to get a reference in previous years? I feel like you had... Oh, was that something else maybe?
1: I don't know. I mean, I honestly like I yeah. apply for CAP every year just because as a leader in sure. the local chapter, I encourage other people right. and I like to lead by example. To be honest... It's a lot of work, and I get it. Like I probably am not a good. They all fit looked exhausted. I mostly just want to hang out. I'm yeah. just trying to hang out normal. So let's explain <laughs> the cap.
2: So the cap program basically is the staff behind the scenes that does every cocktail, pretty close to every cocktail. So they go in, they batch, they juice, they do garnishes. every cocktail
0: for tails. Yeah, and so there are
3: apprenticeship
2: program,
0: thousands, right? thousands yeah. apprend- of cocktails.
2: Thousands of
1: cocktails thousands that are. Of
0: cocktails which I'd like to circle back
1: to this once you explain the cap, but. Please. That's basically
2: it. Yeah. And then there's yeah. levels. So, like, level one is like the first year. Level two, we had two people for level one this year, right? Who's we? Detroit? No, we had one. We Detroit? Had one for Michigan. 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 It okay. was Lansing. Okay. Then we had one for level two, a deal. A deal. Uh, and then we don't have any black or white coats. Because um, they're. Black or white coat is. Yeah. So, like, black is like assistant manager, white's like manager. Okay.
1: So the other thing is they also divvy these spots up by state. Mm. They, oh, we were, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So while you were the alternative, they were never going to take two of you, ever. Interesting. So they two divvy of you, up, Oh,
2: for Michigan, you mean? For Michigan. Okay, so yes. Michigan so gets up, one spot?
1: I mean, I don't even know if it might be the Midwest for all I know. I don't know. But huh. I know geographically they divvy it up to make it fair, quote unquote. Um, but I would like to say two things on this point. Number one. You're getting millions and millions of dollars for all of this, and then you have hundreds of volunteers. So, none of these people working this is staffing it. There is a tiny Tales of the Cocktail staff who get paid for their work. And then the Tales of the Cocktail crew brings in millions of dollars in sponsorships. I assume. I mean, if not, you're an idiot. Uh, you don't know how to do it. I think
2: the article referenced it, it's at least a million.
1: Yeah. So you're bringing in that much, and you don't pay a single person for doing any of this work to put this festival on. Now I won't say you there are p- paid people, but yeah, like did you get
2: paid? So did you get paid for the event?
1: By Bacardi, not by Tails. Okay, got it. But all the yeah, all the sponsors have to pay for people on their own.
2: Wait, what did you you were working? At I the worked event? the Bacardi party. I, I worked then, the like, Portfolio party. David worked a party. He David worked Altos. and John
1: Carlo. No, David and John Carlo worked Diageo.
2: Okay, did anyone work Altos then?
1: not that I know of, but that doesn't mean. Okay. Um, but circling back to that, and this mentions this vine pair article as well. I had some really shitty cocktails. <laughs> the cocktails weren't good at a conference, quote unquote conference. It's supposed to be about the cocktail. And I am not going to put this on the caps because the caps bust their ass. And mm-hmm. I'm not, and they have a recipe. This is and, not like, uh, yeah, yeah, they are not the ones right. who are creating any of this. They're not the ones, but the bottom line is, is that you've got the world's, you've got supposedly the world's luminaries and all the greatest cocktail people on earth.
2: That was a big point of the cocktail. And you're not, and
1: you're batching fucking cocktails by the 10,000, you know? Um, and I think that's something to really like bring up, you know, some of the best cocktails that I had were not, had nothing to do with tales of the cocktail, Hmm. nothing to do with it. Most of the cocktails I had were when they were at events. It was just like, cool, this isn't going to be hard to only drink a couple sips out of. And it's because they're all batched. And I, I'm a lover of batch cocktails, but they go wrong really easily. Yeah,
3: I feel like I would have to go back and check, but I feel like batch cocktails was one of the seminars the year that. Yep, I and it, it so. was this yeah. year too, I'm sure okay. it was. I, so ba- yeah. I, mean I got 99 is problems,
1: but a batch ain't one. Yeah.
3: Boom. <laughs> That was probably the title.
1: <laughs> that was. No, that was the oh, title. I, I'm, I'm actually quoting like, it's a t-shirt and everything. Like that's a real thing. Um, but yeah, but I mean I just Hashtag
3: T O like, T C two thousand
2: seventeen. At the what same up. time though. See, this, this.
1: Just coming, <laughs> coming back
2: to the small experiences, uh, in the Baijo seminar, I had some phenomenal cocktails and a spirit that is super hard to work with. The this guy what? from so London. Talk
0: about the spirit real quick.
2: So it is a um, it's a sorghum spirit. That goes through a lot of like really crazy fermentation processes. Very old school. It is the most popular spirit in the world because like all of China it's drinks it. Chi-
1: it's a Chinese yeah, spirit. It's a Chinese <laughs> spirit.
2: But it, it there's a funkiness that goes from like light funk to like crazy funk. And if you're not used to that, it's kind of like drinking mezcal for the first time. If you're not expecting that that flavor, it hits you. So to work with those flavor combinations and make a balanced cocktail was tough. And we had some great cocktails because they only made 30 of them. Or, like. Right. A teeny tiny serving of 30. So.
1: Right. And to, you know, I just think, you know, if you've gotten so big that you need to essentially staff an army, an army of volunteers to make 10,000 batch cocktails, there's ways to like scale it back just a touch. You mm-hmm. know, I work the call bar at Bacardi and I, it, it, that was bananas. That was nightclub bartending all day, every because day. I didn't know you,
2: that was a, there was a call bar.
1: Yeah. The main, the main portfolio, that giant white bar. I that's, didn't go.
2: That was my problem. Yeah. yeah,
1: that was the call bar. It was right in the middle of the room. Wow. And we got just I annihilated bet. for three straight hours. So that's odd. There
2: are very few call bars it's in these events. It's one of events. the only. It it's is one one like only. you are serving one, maybe two cocktails yeah. at your table. No, this
1: was like – this was like a, at one point I was like, you want a vodka soda? Raise your hand if you want a vodka soda. <laughs> one, two, three, four. 15 vodka sodas. <laughs> Who's doing gin and tonics? We're doing a round of gin and tonics because that's the point is there's so many people you have to batch, And that's sort of even even in a micro setting where I was working, that's eventually what I defaulted to is like how do I crank out this volume? So I'm not like wow. hating on it, but I'm just saying – It feels like it feels like I wish I would have gone 15 years ago because it feels like it's not where the roots are. Feels like this is sort of like the corporate rendition of I'm just going to shovel this down your throat and like the specialty of it, like the nuance, you know. So is the
3: BevCon on your radar? That was one of the that they referenced on the article, the, the sort of new beverage conference. I've also seen San Antonio cocktail conference.
1: See, I mean, almost every city has a cocktail week. Um. So
2: someone has our URL that's not doing anything with it.
1: The fair enough. We don't have a cocktail week, so I don't really care. Um, is that not, not my business? Not my problem. Um, I would say what I've gotten the most out of has been Portland Cocktail Week when they were still with Lush Life. Wait, they're not anymore. No, that's been oh. years. That's why Bar Institute is all over the country. Oh. And that's got a lot of politics behind it, which we could do fifteen. That's a
2: whole podcast on, right. but
3: awesome.
1: Neither, <laughs> neither here nor there. But when they were with Lush Life, they Lush Life, I will say, does one really good thing of basically um, separating your day to where there's a lot of sober time, and the USBG does this too. There's a lot of sober time; they don't overlap learning with drinking.
0: Let's. So you keep mentioning Lush Life. What is Lush Life?
1: Lush Life is basically a production company. That's really well-known in the beverage scene for doing Bar Institute. So there's Bar Institute, which they're getting kind of sued over right now because <laughs> – Bar Five Day? Bar Five Day. Yeah. So Bar Five Day is a – I want to say Diageo, right? right? Isn't Yeah, and yeah. some big names are behind it. Yeah. That is an intensive cocktail class. It's five days. It's wildly expensive. It's like five grand to get Ooh. in. Wow. You have to be accepted, and then you have to raise your own money, and then you're intensively put into this program. You have to
0: have a good Instagram following. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, potentially. Be, <laughs> I I often actually that's probably one of the few that are like, like really merit based and good. not Instagram based. Um, but <laughs> we is- had we had David Martinez from Ann Arbor. He went. Mm-hmm. A deal has gone. Um, I don't want to shout anyone else out because I'm not really sure if how many other people have gone but I think there might be a couple others sorry Um, but that is like you sit in a classroom for 10 hours a day and you taste spirits and you learn 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 and at the end you've got like a pass or fail exam and most people don't pass wow it's basically like the song test for yeah I mean (laughs) again I don't want to call my boys out but I don't think either of them passed (laughs) I could be wrong and please correct me if I am they won't
3: listen listen to But. (laughs) But even but like
1: I know I feel like I'm like live on the radio I'm like yeah. everyone's listening to me right now. Now there's gonna be like ten yeah. people
2: are like what's tales of the cocktail? Right.
1: Yeah. So but what's the pr- well, so so the purpose of that is basically that is like the closest thing in the spirits industry we have to like a level two psalm where you are mm-hmm. sitting there and you're drinking wine and you're blind tasting because there's a blind tasting component for all the spirit categories. I mean that is like. That is like a SOM level, like really respectable program, Bar 5 Day. Bar Institute is equally as respectable. However, it's a totally different, if Bar 5 Day is the SOM and is about tasting, Bar Institute is theory. It's about the things that like, like Baiju mm-hmm. or like um how to start a cocktail supply business as a bartender, things like that, you know um definitely more theory versus practical um but they were partnered with Portland USBG and Portland as seen as a whole to do Portland Cocktail Week
2: cuz Lindsay's from Portland
1: unclear okay and but uh, Portland Cocktail Week's kind of was like the first of its kind and mm-hmm. sort of the standard for cocktail weeks so they were partnered and they hosted Portland Cocktail Week and then the USBG just threw the final party but it was always very much like uh like a partnership ish with USBG and Lush Life. Lush Life was very successful with that and with Bar Institute. So it was Portland Cocktail Week features Bar Institute, basically. And Bar Institute is the learning and is a lot of the stuff that – it was the production company for Mm -hmm. Portland Cocktail Week. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when they did Portland Cocktail Week, it was very much like you're going to get up at 8, you're going to learn from – 9 to 5, we're going to give you breakfast, you're going to break for lunch, you're going to have all these incredible experiences, but we're not going to interrupt your class time with things that you're going to wish you had seen, like Snoop Dogg. FOMO, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to have FOMO the whole time because you decided to learn things instead of go to this wild-ass party where, you know, I don't know, Snooky was there or whatever. (laughs) So... Snooky was there, I guess so. Damn, and so I'm like picking the randomest <laughs> celebrities to, to, to name calling drop. Calling your celebrities a scratch, was right. that okay. that <laughs> She was a deal. Yeah. She, you know, but anyway, they did a really good job where they focused it. And at night, there were parties, and there was always branded events, and they were very submersive and very, you know, experience based. But it was very obvious, like when they did the sponsorships and things like that, that you're getting this party. And you're subsidizing these classes, mm-hmm. right? So like, sure, Jim Beam, you sponsored this class, but we're not going to talk about anything to do with it. Your time is six to seven when we go all, all out with Jim Beam, you know?
0: It's like a Jim Beam happy hour. Right. Essentially. Okay. Got or it.
1: whatever. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. A little bit, a little more extravagant, yeah. but yes. Yeah. Um, so then they split off with Portland Cocktail Week and the USBG. And that's, again, a whole nother story. But now they do bar institutes all over the country. Lush Life. Lush Life. Okay.
2: And we had a mini one in Detroit.
1: No, that's a totally different program of theirs. (laughs) Really? Yes. Oh. This is so confusing. (laughs) Well, there's been a lot of evolution. And so, like, if you haven't been in this for five years, there's no reason you would know, Right. right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is so, like only important to bartenders like nobody else i'm glad only 10 people are listening because right now they're like who fucking cares dude i just want a jack and coke so so
3: brought to you by jack
1: daniels <laughs> I, was, I swear to god i thought you're gonna shout out hennessy I, I swear to god you're gonna shout out hennessy and i was gonna be like no they don't really own them but whatever no, um i know so you. now there's bar institutes all over the country and it's been great because it opens up the Bar Institute for access to bartenders who are in New York or who, who can't make it to Portland Cocktail Week, right? But they also do Camp Run Amok, which is a big deal. I'm sure you've heard of that. And that's uh, uh, two weeks in the summer, one in the one in the beginning of the summer, one in the end, where they pick, I don't know, 100 and change bartenders to go down and be like submersed into bourbon in Lu- country. In Louisville, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they've got Are they cane, cane camp? camp. Yeah, cane camp is a week long in Puerto Rico. So, but what most people don't realize is you had to be originally you had to be accepted to Portland Cocktail Week. Oh, which I was one year, so I am eligible. And I think they've loosened it up a touch. But it used to be you had to go to Bar Institute, and then you could apply for Runamuck. And once you were accepted to Runamuck, then you can be accepted to Cane Camp. So I can apply every year to Camp, but they won't let me in fucking run amok, so I'm not getting in. You know what I mean? So, again, it's like, who do you know? What are you going to do for us? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about when they came to Detroit, this year they did a Bar Institute Econo. And they fucked it up. And I'm not afraid to say it because I've told them to their face. They overextended. They didn't put planning into it. And this is, again, to talk about politics. There's other other – so dumb, other bartender politics involved in why it went the way it did. But essentially, like in my opinion, they've overextended themselves with that. You know, Portland Cocktail Week still to this day, I've I met more people that week than I have at any other bartending convention ever, except for a USBG leadership, which is totally different because you've got just leaders of chapters in the same room. You know what I mean?
0: So um, I'd like to bring up one other issue as we're kind of we're kind of running short on time. Um, the the issue of uh, being a female in this whole in this industry and like the, the, with Kales of the cocktail, it, is it a male dominated event? Kind of not to say like in, in like a.
1: Uh, yes and no. I would say yes and no. Um, I think on the brand it's run investor. by a woman. Yeah, it, it's run by a married couple. But okay. she had to fire her husband because she went blackface and he took yes. the fucking yeah. hit for it.
0: Oh, is so it?
1: <laughs> again,
0: that's that's referenced in the article, too. Yeah. Um, so again, it's
1: a married couple. But yes, I Anne see. is the fucking name and face of yeah. the whole thing. Um, I would say, you know, all the promo models are women. They're not men. I would say brand ambassador well, wise was fifty, I'm just saying, I'm just yeah, saying no let's yeah. brand ambassador wise fifty fifty, okay, you know,
2: I also did go to the the hall of dames, yeah, which was like all like a ton of badass women well
1: also hall
0: of dames, I mean,
1: hall yeah. of dames yeah. though also a lot, and this is something I recently learned a lot of bartenders now have p r firms that represent them,
0: singular bartenders, yes, yes. Okay. And
1: mm. exactly. Chefs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Chefs do too. Yeah. And so
3: That's been fascinating to me to learn about as well in the last 6 months.
1: As I am like, really? Like that person or like you know, like what is how what is the qualifying to get in? <coughs> Who's voting you in? Who's whatever? Anytime an industry now has PR involved, you're paying to play. Mm. It's just yeah. like it's just like reading i mean and this is to any consumers listening if you see a restaurant in a fucking list over and over again they paid for it like sorry they did they did nine times out of ten they paid for it like not to say that they're not great but the great restaurant that never makes it in probably doesn't pay for it and there's a reason you're going to see the same names over and over again because they pay somebody to put their name out there and i
3: would probably like to get paid a little bit more than for. I mean, that's the thing. Doesn't... So I've.
1: But I... they're not. But that's the thing. The PR people aren't paying off journalists. Yeah. That'd be one. They're thing. just
2: getting in front of them. They're
1: just actively yeah. pestering them to the point where, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You're going to say, shut the fuck up. Here's your restaurant. It's on every Thrillist article ever written. And again, I'm not saying this is not to take away from anybody's hard work because a lot of these places deserve the recognition they're getting. All of those women, period, deserve mm-hmm. the recognition they're getting. But again, why do women have to have a Hall of dames? Why can't sure. we just be best bartender?:
0: Yeah, so Dorothy, Dorothy won something, right? Because Dorothy was nominated by me, nominated okay, yeah. and she won uh, she's got it, got it. yeah. It oh, just it's like, not oh, a, yeah yeah
1: yeah. if you it was
0: not a competition it was no. no. Like, this they is... picked
2: five, and then they picked like a super dame that was joy from appleton and,
0: and and this wasn't like they weren't involved in like the final night of awards with Michael Ian Black. No, they weren't. Sepa- no, because that's event.
1: not a tale. It's not tales. It's not a. It's not the best of. It's just the Hall of Dames. It's just for women, so that women get recognition, and so ultimately, well, right there alone. But
3: that is or wait, so that is not through the Tales of the Cocktail, or it's a.
1: That's loose. I well, mean, and hosted it, but it's not the Tales Awards. Right. When you think of the Tales Awards, Michael Ian Black hosted. Which is it, what you're talking. Yes, about. Yeah. So that's the final Tales night. Awards.
2: Whatever that was called,
1: not
0: yeah. the Spirit Spirited Awards. Awards. Spirit yes. Awards. Okay,
1: not which that. was
2: which was also nuts. So, was nuts. But yeah, but w- w- were women like not specifically? It's not like you know. No, but were they included? Did anyone in the mix?
3: win?
2: Yeah, there were women. Absolutely, okay. there were women that won. Yeah,
1: well,
3: that's good.
2: There, I believe the brand ambassador category was all females, which was pretty cool. I'll
3: tell but, the brand ambassador, but they don't. They didn't have like a best bartender. Yeah, they do. They do do yeah, they? they do. Do. It, it was a guy.
2: Yeah, that okay. won it. But what was great though is Michael Ian Black right off the bat mentioned girly drinks and almost got booed out of existence because he mentioned girly drinks.
1: Well, and I mean, I think that's sort of, you know, there's a lot of like underlying things with women, not, women totally. in the bar. Yeah. And a lot of it is that is yeah. like, why are you giving me a girly drink? Right? Why are you da da drink? It's just a drink. It's if, are you a girl? Then it's not a girly drink. Right. You like strawberries and vodka. Mm-hmm. You're a man. Like what makes that gender? You like that. Why can't that be manly?
0: Right. I mean, it's the issue of like any. I mean, flavors and colors and all these. Things. Yeah, even you know,
3: the glass size. I mean, at the Sugar House, one of the most probably things is the coupe glass. Like, you have a man in Manhattan and a coupe glass, and it's like uh, a feminine. It's viewed as a feminine thing. Like, that's a pretty great drink in any glass that you put it in. So, well, that this is my be, this uh, is my
1: response to that. Is the coupe glass literally is the manliest, the hetero manliest glass behind the bar because it was fashioned. After Marie, mm, Marie Antoinette's yeah. breast. Yeah. Yeah. So every time you hold a coupe glass, you're holding a titty. So, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the cleavage. So there you go. You know? This so, is a very
2: informative podcast. Yeah. I'm really excited about this one.
1: Um so yeah. So I mean I think like it's not look if you've got issues with your manhood and you need to let me know that you're not man enough to hold a titty in public. That's your problem. That's your problem. You know what I mean? That's not on me. You know, it's not on me. But um, I will say, you know, Tails brings everybody. It's You can't get a judge on what the scene is entails by going to Tails. Like, you can't get a judge on the scene at all because it's all pay to play. Every single person who attended paid to be there. You paid to be there. I yes, paid I, to be there.
2: I paid a lot to be there.
1: You know, Jason got paid to be there, <laughs> yeah. but he also probably came out of pocket for that Hennessy because it's not in broker's portfolio. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you paid to right, be there. You know right what I mean? That. Hennessy did not pay for this. <laughs>
3: yeah. No, I, they did not pay for that. But I did get a bottle of Hennessy. I did meet somebody. I saw your care package. That so, was dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, I definitely, I mean, I went out to some great bars and spent some money as well, and I was happy to do so. But
2: So, let's someone comes to you and says, hey, I want to go to Tales 2018. What do you tell
1: them? Um, I tell them to do it. If they've I, never been? If they've never been. Okay. I think it's an experience that everyone should see. I think especially from here, we don't get that level of production here. We're probably never going to. I mean, it's literally a movie set. All, mm-hmm. of, these, all of these places are movie sets. Yeah. Um, the experience is phenomenal, but I would go... I would go with a really specific, you know, do you want to learn? Skip the parties. Do you want to network? Join the USBG, get into leadership and go to one of those conferences or get into lush life. It feels
3: pretty lame to go all the way there and skip the parties. That's the problem.
1: Right. It doesn't it? Yeah. But that's the whole thing. It's but you like, don't have to
2: go to like the daytime parties. Maybe that's kind of what you're saying.
1: No. I mean, no. The daytime parties were doper than the nighttime. Not really. But they were, you know. I mean, you got – if you want mm-hmm. to actually talk to people – where I actually spoke to people were the daytime parties. Okay. The nighttime parties have 5,000 people. Right. You know, um, I would say...
3: And you've been drinking since the day parties.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what I would say is don't overfill your schedule. There's a lot of stuff that you don't know is going on yep. and without free time. Yep. Number one, you're going to forget to eat because you didn't schedule meals.
2: 100%.
1: You didn't... No. None of the press scheduled meals. They all booked back to back to back and never ate.
2: I skipped probably four meals over the week. Yeah. So it's not like you. No, it's just, it's hard. Like, I grabbed hot dogs on the side of the road because yeah. there was Lucky Dog, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't eaten. Okay. Yeah.
1: Number two, if you are adverse to heat and humidity, don't go. Like, yeah. you're not going to have fun. It is Gross. miserably hot, yeah. you know, and nobody gives a fuck because they live like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and number three, I think the biggest thing that you can do is go around the city and see what Ooh. they're doing. The bars in New Orleans... They are the future of the ch- scene and they are also the past of the scene. The
0: oldest bar in the country is in New Orleans, right? Blacksmith. It's, Blacksmith. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: But they're also 90% of the concepts there. That is what all of our bars are heading towards. Mark my words. And
2: like Bartonic, you're talking like
1: Tonique, like, like yes, Tonique. And table,
3: cure, no, no,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm talking Tonique, I'm talking Absinthe House, I'm talking bars where the, yes, the Yes Bar. Yes, you can have a Bud Light. Yes, you can have a Jack and Coke. Yes, you can have a Whiskey Sour with Egg White. Yes, you can have a perfectly made Sazerac. The Yes bar, that is the future, and that's always been what New Orleans has. Mm-hmm. And you want to see like the some of the baddest bartenders that you're never going to hear about. New Orleans bars is where it's at. So I would say for that, 100%, totally worth it. You're going to learn more flirting around tales going to bars, and you are going to anything at Tails.
2: And you'll have random encounters, because that's totally what I had, too.
1: And I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be banned from Tails for all of this. (laughs)
0: Uh, Liz, where can people find you? Uh, (laughs) Social media?
1: To bring it full circle.
0: (laughs) Or or are you in hiding?
1: (laughs) Well, no. So on social media, um, you can follow me at Boomergram313, which is my boomerang, boomerang (laughs) Instagram. You can find me at Mary Shotkins, which is my Instagram just for shots. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me at Lizzie Baby if you want to see pictures of my nieces. Um, And you can't find me on Facebook because I don't play that shit.
0: I I mean, I kind of outed you earlier, but that's I'm sorry. uh, Yeah, that that. is
1: no, but you have to be a friend of a friend. So like, Uh, you already have to know someone I know. So. Instagram's a safer way, and then I have another Instagram, and I forgot what I named it.
3: Jesus. So when you apply to Cap, you've actually. Do they give you four lines? Or well, you, so basically, if you some it's a total. Basically, a total, like, like yeah. every
1: time I'm like, that'd be a dope Instagram name. I just like scoop it up so nobody else can take my good idea. Oh, I know what it is. It's, I just took the Hennessy it's, Ginger. It's I'm a build that's a new so, account. Good. Yeah. It's so good. That's uh, so good. My other one is Liz Vitality Lizivation, which is all of my fun new ideas.
0: Uh, that's what? Liz fatality Liz. Lizivation. Lizivation. Yeah, wow. it's
2: 144 yeah. characters. It's the
0: max. <laughs> Liz Cosby, thanks for being with us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank
1: you guys so much for having me. This was so much fun. I hope to do it again. I hope I hope I don't crush your crush your ratings. <laughs>
0: Until next time, <laughs> dine well, friends. Deuces says.